good to be here. I wrote a book. Everybody have one? So grab one tonight. I'm not doing it for applause. I'm actually want you to take one. So the story on this book was it took me many years to write it. I started working on it when I got to Sacramento and I procrastinated. Anybody who says writing's easy, they're lying. Unless you're a writer, but it's so hard to write. For those of you that want to write, just do it, but it's hard. You get anointed sometimes, or you think you're anointed while you're writing, and then you get away from it for like six months. Then you go into depression because God's not doing what you want him to do and the time frame you want him to do it, so you're like, fine, I'm not writing because I don't have anything to say. And I realize is I'm just entitled. I'm one of the entitled ones that thinks that God needs to do things when I want him to do it because I've been asking him to do it. Anyway, that's something new I'm contemplating. That we're all kind of entitled, especially when it comes to prayer. Like, God, you're not moving like we want you to. And there's just such a, it's a, such a hurdle to get over, you know. And yet here we are still. I've been listening to some IHOPKC recently, and I was telling Dan and Amy today, I don't know if you're following them at all, but you know they're not doing one thing anymore after 20 years. They're in a reset. Everybody's wondering what the reset is, and I think I'm beginning to understand what the reset is. They're getting back to the basics. They're getting back to the simplicity of just loving Jesus. I don't know who the worship leaders are on the platform anymore. I love it. I really do. I mean, we're right in rhythm with what God's doing with the prayer movement. God's sending people out all over the place. Mm -hmm. Like our favorites in IHOP are not there anymore. I think it's tremendous. Mm -hmm. Even though the, we, we were kind of like, oh, I love John Thurlow, and I love Misty, and Justin Rizzo, and Justin's our friend. And God's like, I'm springing them out. I don't even know where they are, other than Misty's in Jerusalem somewhere, walking the streets of Jerusalem doing worship. And Justin Rizlow's traveling around a little bit, but these people that we all got accustomed to listening to and hearing, and Corey Russell is in Dallas, Alan Hood's in Colorado Springs. You know, I, it's just, this thing is expanding. Like it's not going anywhere. And we're still here, you know. So I'm writing this book, and I'm just going to grab one if you want one tonight. I've, I've, we gave 80, 90 of them away at our vision night in, that we did in Sacramento. Mm -hmm. And then I've been taking them when I go to speak places. But here's the acknowledgments. Of course, I acknowledge my wife, but I want to thank East Bay Prayer Furnace mm -hmm. for embracing my leadership for 11 years and being committed to cultivating enjoyable prayer together. Mm -hmm. That's you. It's others too, but it's you guys I'm talking to now. But it's, it's others, it's people that aren't here anymore. But you, and I meant this when I, when I was thinking about it, you are a community of people who have given yourselves completely to wholehearted love for the Lamb. That doesn't come on the run. Like that's fruit from this house. It's who we are. It's who you are. And the Lord is building the house of prayer. And the reason I say it's changed a bit, because it really has. The, the way it looks, in the sense of, like, this doesn't look anything the way I thought it would. 
me being in Sacramento, you know, I never, I never thought about that. But that's actually how it is with God. Like, why are things supposed to look, in a sense, I'm just saying this for myself, why are things supposed to look the way I think they were supposed to look? With Jesus running the show, right? Yeah. He's king. And when we actually follow the lamb, we're just like, where do you, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? I don't want to do that. He goes, well, that's the issue. That's the issue of being a Christian. And God's bringing the church to that place. We're all pretty much do what we want to do, and we think we got a way that it needs to be, and the Lord's like, no, I really am building my church, and part of it's with the house of prayer, and I, I've just been thinking a lot about it. So a quick update. And I'll field some questions for a few moments, and then I'm going to just get into a topic that you already know about. But I just felt this week when I was thinking about coming down that I just wanted to encourage you guys with again. And I think it's pivotal, and I think it's foundational for what we're doing. Um, back in August, I haven't been here since then, right? I don't think I've been down since August. Right? I think it's been, it's, I know it's August, yeah, anyway, it's been a few months. Um, but in, oh, sorry, I thought you had a question. I think it's been August. We had a vision night in August, as I alluded to. Let me back up real quick. Midsummer, I thought, I think I'm going to do a vision night in Sacramento, like what we've done here every year. And I, once I decided to do it, I just got this confidence, like, but I didn't know who would come. But I felt like if I said, I know I can get 20 people there. And I felt like the Lord said, get 20 there. That'll be great. And I thought, that will be great. Let's just get 20 there and we'll do our vision night like what we do here. We'll have a little prayer meeting and a, tes a testimony or two. And then we'll cast the vision. Well, you know, I get on the phone and realize that people wanted to come. And so we had about, some people told me about 90 people there give or take. We gave them the cake, you know, the cake that we always do. Dan and Amy brought the cake up. Yeah. We had lots of leftover cake. I think I've still got some in my freezer right now. <laughs> but um, I don't know if everybody eats that cake all the time, you know. We might have to do like <laughs> apples or something or strawberries, but no, but not everybody eats the cake, but it's just such a great touch, you know. And people rallied around it and were excited about it. And um, we presented a vision. You know, I was looking for a building for about five months up there. And you kind of heard some of the story when I came down and said, hey, we might have an opportunity to get the original Roseville House of Prayer building. Remember I shared that? Mm -hmm. The Lord goes, nope, you're not getting that. Even though I'm giving you a lot of prophecy around it, and it's on Highway 40, which is to me Isaiah chapter 40. Go, you know, prepare the way of the Lord. I'm like, this is it, this is it. And I had it really significant dream. I had a lot of prophetic activity for about three weeks solid, you know, back in March. And the Lord says, no, it's not going to be that building. And so I start looking at all these different buildings. I'm going in four or five different buildings and some that had no carpet in it at all, some that needed the ceiling torn out, some that had one bathroom. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this, so I'm going to do that one. And then we had our, we found this one building and the real estate Brokers called me back and said, are you still interested in it? I said, well, not at that price, because it was like $1.35 a square foot at the time. It would have been about $5,000 a month. 
I didn't have faith for $5,000 a month, but I had faith for $3,000. Go figure. What, what's the difference? Isn't that funny how we think, I don't have faith for five grand, but I got faith for three grand. Like, what, what does that even mean, you know? Like, why not have faith for 50 grand or five grand? You know what I'm saying? Like, we just so compartmentalize everything. Like, oh, 3,000, I could pull that off. And Lauren's like, no, you're, you need me to pull anything off, right? And I knew I was in that place. So I said, sure. So we, we did this vision night. We took a video of it. The video was so cheesy. It was Zach and I walking through this building and the real estate brokers are filming us on their on Zach's iPhone. And we're just walking through the building going, this will be the prayer room. This will be kind of the community area. This will be a briefing room. That could be a classroom. It's like 3,300 square feet total. And we showed this cheesy video at our vision night. And it was. It was just cheesy, right? And people responded that night, unbelievably responded, to the point where I was in unbelief when Amy told me the numbers the next day. She was t taking pictures of pledge cards, and I'm going, there's that many zeros on that pledge card? So I'm like calling the person two or three times ago, are you guys for sure you're giving that? Is that like a year donation? Even no. I'm blown I'm astounded. I'm still astounded by it. And it wasn't like way over the top, but altogether it gave us enough faith to go, we're going to move forward on this. Because I just came to the place of, Lord, either you're doing it or not, because I'm, I'm not doing this. There's no way I'm going to do this. I know what it requires. I know what it takes. And as Amy said, we're, we do have a, a good group of people up there that are hungry for it, but we are in such a teaching mode at the same time. Mm -hmm. Like literally on Thursday nights, I'm telling people, what we are and what we're not. We had like 15 people last night. I'm telling them, this is what we are when you come in here and this is what we're not when you come here. Going back to the basics, hitting the DNA of the house of prayer because people don't know. And that's okay, but we're building a culture of prayer. So we get into the, we get into the building and the Lord helps us get in there. And so the last... One of the reasons I just haven't been down here, we just, it's been so busy. We're, we've been painting, and Dan came up and helped me paint. And we're they're moving things in. And right now, we currently just have Thursday nights that we're doing prayer. And we, um, hopefully by the first week of December, we'll have some kind of a weekly schedule, we're hoping. Maybe two days a week or three days a week that we can be open. I don't know what that looks like. I'm still waiting on getting all the, everybody's availability but we want to do something consistent that we can publish on our website. Um, we're doing like a harp and bowl training next Saturday for eight to 10 worship leaders and some prayer leaders that want to come out and be a part of it. Um, so that's exciting. Those are always great moments. And we changed our name you know we've been going by the name of united prayer for sacramento right but that's been like an event name that we've used because we've taken that to different churches remember we were i think you remember we were going to different churches once a month and so i'm thinking what are we going to name this house of prayer you know what are we going to name house of prayer and so we had everything going on you know like sacramento house of prayer international shoppy <laughs> right? I actually thought about doing IHOP Sacramento too. And then I went, nah. 
I got in trouble for that once, Lord. I can't in good conscience do that again. You know, Like I signed a document, I think, one day with an attorney going, I won't do that, even though I really wanted to. You know? The reason I wanted to is because I just believe in IHOP so much. You know, I believe in what that means. Mm -hmm. Not International House of Prayer, but intercession, holiness of heart, offerings to the poor, and prevailing faith. I believe that's the DNA of mm -hmm. the prayer movement. So... We're sitting around and we're going back and forth on it and whenever Leslie and I are in the house talking about it or whenever we're going, she always goes, so what time do I need to be at the house of prayer tonight? Are you going to the house of prayer? I'll be at the house of prayer. When I was painting the house of prayer, I'm like, I'm going to paint the house of prayer. I'm moving stuff into the house of prayer. People would ask me, how's it going with the house of prayer? When's the house of prayer starting? I said, we're calling it the House of Prayer, <laughs> Sacramento. Good. We're just going to call it what it is. We're not going to call it Wind and Fire and Glory, House of Prayer. <laughs> you, but, but you so want to, you know. So you're fun. so you're so tempted to just grab something that's just got flame and power, House of Prayer, Mountain of Glory in the Third Heavens, House of Prayer, <laughs> Mystic House of Prayer, Holy Heart House of Prayer, Sacred Heart. You just you just want to do that, you know. I do, you know. And I thought, no, we're just gonna call it what it is, the House of Prayer, Sacramento. So I'm like, well, we need a domain name. So we found one, and it's thehops.org. So last night I told everybody that I said it's thehops.org without the beer. <laughs> so um, we're in the process of trying to get that domain name switched over to our website because as I looked at the website that we did for United Prayer it's got all this language about the house of prayer in it like it really just lays out the vision of what we came there to do so we're sitting there just astonished at what the Lord's done and it's certainly not because of anything that I've done, I I quit and started 25 times in the last two and a half years, literally. I quit and then started again. But I, I realized something. The Lord's like, you quit? Start. I'm like, okay. And then I quit again. He goes, you quit? Start again. And I just learned that he can handle all that. But I, I did. There was, I'm like, no, this is too hard. I, would, I, I surveyed the land up there, and I went, Lord, this, this is not what I thought it would be. This is not the way I thought it would be. I thought it would just take off and be different, and, and it just wasn't. And so that's why I'm so astonished by what he's done, and we all need to take courage in that. Because I'm thinking back to... Ten years ago this week, some of you may or not, may or not remember this. Ten years ago this week, the IHOPU student awakening started. Do you remember when that happened? In one of the classes that Alan was teaching these kids in the school, remember all that just got started getting healed of self hatred, and and that ushered in like ten months, about a year of awakening services that touched a few different places. And I was listening to them this week, and they were praying and asking God for another move of His Spirit. It just dawned on me, it's been 10 years. Can you believe that? Oh. Then I find this week, Leslie and I are like cleaning stuff out of our house and all this stuff. She 
she felt like the Lord said several months ago, she goes, get your house in order. And we thought it meant we were going to be moving and all this stuff. So we were looking to downsize and move and we tried to move. And what happened was our landlord actually dropped the, our rent. And that's wow. something, right? <laughs> yeah. Isn't that amazing? Who does that? Right? It's crazy right now up there. And we were looking around because we wanted to get a smaller place because Zach's got a place with some of his buddies. And we're like, we just don't need this. This house was purposeful when we moved because we had a bunch of people coming in our living room every week and all over the place. And so it worked. And we always thought, we'll move out of here pretty quick, you know. And, and so Leslie felt like the Lord spoke to her months ago, like, get your house in order. And we thought that meant that we'd be moving, you know. So we've been getting rid of everything. I've been going through all kinds of stuff like just throwing it out and she says what about this I go toss it she goes what about that throw it out pictures yes I know the kids put them throw them out it doesn't matter anymore they're old you know I don't say that <laughs> <laughs> I can't do that to mama's heart you know but but we're thinning things out and so what we're finding I'm finding documents from our the early years of the house of prayer here staff applications testimonies, people that have come and gone, you know. Leslie finds this CD from 2009, which is when the student awakening started. She finds this CD of when she used to bring her kids, her first grade class, to the House of Prayer for field trips. I don't know if any of you are around for that. Yeah. She was listening to it the other day. She was, honey, you got to hear this CD. <laughs> and so... Um, I was in the car and I was like, I was so, I was so tired. It was like Wednesday night or something. And I had to run out to the store and I came back just buzzing. She goes, wow, what happened to you? I said, I was listening to that CD <laughs> of these first graders praying on the microphone for their fish and their dog and then their grandpa to be healed of cancer and then for their mom and dad's marriage to be healed first graders. And then our teams getting around and singing it. And then some of you getting up during rapid fire prayer and the parents that were their chaperones for the field trip were getting up and praying. And I remember all those days when parents from that school would be in the back with tears running down their cheeks. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's what we're doing. Like, I'm not doing anything else ever again mm -hmm. as far as ministry. If it's not connected to the house of prayer, I'm not doing it. I don't have time and we're still here doing it and so she she gives me that CD I'm listening to that CD I'm thinking about the I help you awakening and then I find this picture of one of our captivated internships that we did and it was from 2009 three years into our journey we were, you know, we did a captivated, well, we did it the first year, I think, or second year. And pass that around, Amy. Because I sent this picture to Amy. I said, this was 2009. And I think Tim's in there. Look at, you'll find Timothy in there. Peter, probably. Maybe Peter. I mean, I don't know some of these kids anymore. I, and the girl on the front row, her name's Iona. Oh, yeah. Iona came to our prayer room on a Saturday night in Sacramento because she saw our website. She lives in Dublin now, but she ended up in our prayer room on a Saturday night. She goes, I think I know those two guys on that website, Zach Stillwell and Jim Stillwell. She's a grown woman now. She's on the front <laughs> row of that captivated thing. 
And the house of prayer so marked her heart. She's like, I got to go to the house of prayer. So I don't know where some of our kids are. There's some kids that didn't make that picture for some reason. There were more in that captivated internship. But I'm finding these, and I'm, I'm looking at them, and I'm just getting reminded, you guys, that the Lord's about to breathe on this prayer movement. He's breathing on it now. I mean, sometimes I think he's not when we seem that our numbers have diminished. That doesn't really mean much to him. Like, most prayer rooms around the nation are like ours here. That's what they are. There's one that has more than 100 people, maybe two, and it's called Kansas City. Atlanta might, and they do it because they've merged in with a, like a mega church down there, you know? The point is, this is still part of what the Lord's doing. And in many ways, we're still building brick by brick. You know, that's what I'm doing right now. You know, it's kind of like we got, I got a hand on a, my sword and I've got a brick in my hand and I throw some stuff on it and I go, brick. And then I grab another brick and I put another one on, you know. And he's about to, he is breathing on it. But this is what he's going to do in, in the hour that we're, we're living in. And I just want you to be encouraged that you might quit every once in a while in your heart, but the Lord's there to go start over again. Just start. Do it again, you know. So I don't know. I'm just looking back. I don't know if there's anything to do with 2009. I don't know what that means, you know. But here, I know some of you have been praying for me because we've been, you know, we've been hitting some obstacles in the spirit up there as we've launched and I so appreciate your prayers I listen to your prayer meetings every week when Amy sends the staff meeting and the prayer to me and it says we prayed for you I listen to that I go down the road I'm listening to your prayers for us in Sacramento and you they really strengthen me and they strengthen what God's doing up there um, so I continue to need them and I appreciate you know I know last week some of you texted me and had some encouraging prayers for me and I really appreciated that we're kind of in a new phase we're in a building that is not a church building so there's no presence of there's not been any presence of Jesus established all at all on the dirt that we're on right now like we're going in fresh and going let's put some paint on and 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 the Lord's planted us there and I think the enemy's going wait a minute, what just happened here? You know, because the enemy doesn't know what's going on. I really believe that when Jesus died on the cross, it says that his head was bruised. Remember I heard Reinhard Bonnke say one time, the devil has brain damage. He does not know what's going on. He just knows God's up to something. And so he just kind of, you know, scattered leadership of Satan is like, just do something, everybody. And everybody's just going crazy. And we kind of hit a little bit of that. And I came away over the last two weeks since we've been having prayer meetings there. I'm going, wait a minute. God's establishing something. And yet he's par we're partnering with him to do it with him. And the enemy's like, wait a minute. I don't want this going on. I don't want there to be a beachhead of prayer established in adoration to Jesus. Thank you, Ann. So... I'm like, that's just normal. I love what Zach said, you know, because we had, we had a little spiritual warfare, and Zach's like, yep. <laughs> wow, the devil showed up. <laughs> you know, he just kind of says it off the top of his head. I'm like, yeah, but, you know, we got to 
stand in this, you know, together and go after this thing. And he, and he wasn't making light of it at all, but he was like, it was almost like, yeah, what are you thinking, Dad? Of course, that's how it's going to be. You know, we're taking ground. And in a sense, we're establishing something geographically, where we are, the building, um, everything about it, you know. And then just in the spirit, we're actually raising up a flag to go, oh, no, we're, we're calling people to a lifestyle here. Like, what's, what's going on here? When I tell people that what's going on here, they're just blown away. We live in this environment of the house of prayer, but so many people are taken back by what's going on in here on a weekly basis. And um, people are so hungry for it, you guys. People are hungry for it. And I believe the Lord is, gonna, is, is breathing on it and going to breathe on it. But let me just say a couple of things here. Let me, I just want to take just a few minutes here and, and share with you what I believe is one of the most important things that, that we need to remember as we do this. John 3, 29. Let's turn there real quick. John chapter 3, verse 29. You know the verse. You've heard the verse. I've taught on the verse over the years. It's a, it's a house of prayer verse, but... John the Baptist. John the Baptist. He who has the bride is the bridegroom. But the friend of the bridegroom. The friend of the bridegroom is the one who stands. The friend of the bridegroom is the one who hears him. The friend of the bridegroom rejoices greatly because he hears the bridegroom's voice. And because of that, my joy is fulfilled. And the, the, the thing about this prayer movement is all based on friendship with Jesus. God's answer to everything, and I could list, I could list a few things, but the God's answer to crisis in the earth today, the coming crisis, the coming glory, and the power of God that he's going to release through his people, his answer is to raise up a company of friends. You don't become friends with Jesus on the run. It happens in this context of dialogue and conversation with him. I'm not saying that you can't be a, that you have to be in a house of prayer to be a friend of Jesus. I'm not saying that, but. God raising up this house of prayer here and other places is that he's raising up a company of friends. He's calling us to, we know the language, to pause in our lives, to halt. Corey Russell used to say, shut it down. You know, in the early days, Corey would say, whatever you're doing, shut it down, Church of Jesus. Shut everything down, everything you're doing, and pause and stop. Get a life in Jesus. I was trying to share this a little bit last night with folks. I said, you know, the anointing, we should, the most important thing we should seek is the anointing to love God, not the anointing to minister to people. 
good. It's all, it's just second. You want to say that? Let me say that again. Yeah. I wrote it down. I was just trying to. <laughs> the anointing that's needed is to love God, not to minister to people. You're anointed to minister to people. But the anointing to love Jesus requires cultivation. <clears throat> Through my last couple years for me, and it's always been like this, but this has really come to the to the forefront. I got so I was I was not really bad off, but we had a point where I, Leslie said to me, I might have shared this here one time. Leslie said to me, she goes, You gotta figure this thing out because you are not good right now. And we, we were just buttonheads. She's amazing to put up with me. Because I'm, she's like, I hope you're going away this weekend to preach. Because if I'm not preaching, she is getting, on, I'm unloading on her with preaching. She's like, please go preach somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and she, but we reached a point where I was just, just yuck, yucky attitude was bad and you know I just know it's bad when I'm doing stuff just to bother her yeah it's true I can just do things that just like I'm just in a bad mood and pithy and <laughs> it's not okay with Jesus it's bad our flesh is bad and I'm so glad she doesn't put up with my flesh I mean she calls me right to it she goes look we're not continuing like this she says, you better figure this out because this isn't going to continue. And I always tell her that's when she's wearing the prophetic bun, you know. Because, <laughs> you know, the old prophetesses, the, the ladies of old would put that bun, they'd put their hair up and put it in a bun. I go, I didn't like, I don't like it when she talks to me like that, you know. But I do like it because she doesn't put up with my flesh. And it got to that point where I'm like, this is not good. And yet, the reason I'm sharing that is because it wasn't about me getting a building. It wasn't about me having a house of prayer. It wasn't about me succeeding, which I lived under all that. I thought, what am I doing? This is not working. I usually start something, it gets going, we have results. It's, sometimes it's bad, it's good, but there's like zero happening right now. This is bad. You know, this is not good at all. And so I was upset about that. And the Lord goes back to this truth. He goes, you need the anointing to love me. I'm raising up friends, not ministers. Friends, not men who stand on platforms and preach good sermons that everybody goes, what a great message. I'm raising up friends. I'm thankful for people that preach great messages. We need them. They feed the body of Christ. We need them. But at the end of the day, we need, he wants friends. That's the answer of the hour that we're living in. Mm -hmm. And that only gets cultivated in the place of prayer. Because he can actually address that nasty reaction in our flesh to go, I want to talk to you about that. I'm not interested in, in just anointing you, Jim, so you feel better. 
Like, that's how he could have done it. I could have been all upset and messed up, and he anoints me and something great happens, but I don't pay attention to what's really going on, and I don't grow in friendship. I'm just kind of fooled by the anointing that's on my life. I'm like, yeah, it kind of worked. Well, it's like, I'm not having that. I'm tired of that. I don't want that in the church. I'm not, the Lord's not impressed with men's anointings. He wants to raise up friends. And so I see these houses of prayer all over. And look, we've all had a close-up view. You've all been around this for 14 years almost and watched this progression of, I remember, I mean, let's just go back a little bit, you know. I mean, I love what Dave Slyker said when he was thinking about their last 20 years. He goes, the thing about the good old days is they weren't that good. <laughs> but we all, human beings just have a tendency to remember back, you know. I mean, we could all do it. Like, I can remember, oh, we go, oh, those are the good old days. I remember when I, my early 20s, and it was just the good old days. We'd ask Jesus to do things, and he'd do it. And we went out on outreach, and people got saved. And, and we just had such fellowship, and we all loved each other so well. You really didn't. <laughs> there was tension. There was conflict. Those weren't the good old days when you were in them, right? So there's this thing in our lives a week. The Lord's always moving us forward in this thing, Right? And yet, it's good to look back and, at times because we can go, wow, that, those were some amazing moments. But they weren't that great. They were just amazing things that God did. And now he's moving us forward. But we, we all in this room that were there in the early days. Like, you know, I, I think about things of oh, people and where we were, like Parkway and... 70, 80 people showing up on Sunday nights and we're feeding people out the back door with Trader Joe palletfuls of food. Remember that? Yes. Remember all that? Yes. We had pallets of food delivered to us every Sunday night. And people would be back there just in the fridge and just taking food. And I'm, I'm looking around going, what is happening around here? Like, I didn't get in this to do food pantry. I didn't get in this to do family camps. I didn't get in. I mean, I was doing all that before as a pastor, food pantries, family camps. And yet we had like 70 or 80 people. You know why they came? Because they were attracted to a group of people that were praying. And you know what happens when you get people around? You got to do people things. People eat, you got to feed them. <laughs> people need to be baptized, you baptize them. People get married, people die. I mean, those are things that we have to do as loving each other. And I'm not saying we don't. But I think back to those moments, right? And we go through those times where like there's 780 people coming out on Sunday nights. There are people all over the place. But it's happening right now in, in, in Roseville where we are. There were people there. The first, we had 30 people on our first Thursday night in our new building. No sound system, nothing, right? 30 people show up, right? Then the next week was Halloween. 15 people show up because everybody's got to go trick-or-treating, right? <laughs> Last night, we had about eight, I don't know, whatever. We had people. It doesn't matter what the number is. But they're all new people last night and some, I don't even know these people, but I know, I know the rhythm of this thing because people taste life and prayer mm -hmm. and something authentic and that's what was happening with us. And then we go through these moments where we move, you know, in, in Dublin. We go to Danville, right? And we're up there for a season and there's a lot of life bubbling around that and then the Lord's like yeah I want to do some new stuff with you and another opportunity to grow in friendship with him and then we come back out here to Livermore and 
You know, we're sitting in Danville with a $100,000 sound system one day, and then we come to Livermore with no sound system and no music stands either, right? You know that story. And, and then the days of Charlie in Livermore, just playing his guitar, good news, in the, in the rain, no key. All this stuff that we have. Right? You were that guy, right? Yeah. And Victor, too. <laughs> being friends with Jesus. Like, I can't get in. I can't get in the prayer room. I'll do my set out here. <laughs> it's crazy. But, but that's, that's friendship with Jesus. I can't get in the room right now. No worries. Right? And I'm just thinking about this. I don't know. I just, I'm thinking about our, all of our lives together over almost 14 years this August and I think I'm thinking about it because I'm hearing it sung about in KC right now wow. I'm hearing guys like Misty's brother Clay Edwards mm -hmm. sing a chorus that goes something like I'm still here mm -hmm. we're still here and I hear Mike teaching and preaching and talking about how his staff comes to him when people leave and they're like, what are we supposed to do? These people are going, they're leaving, they're going elsewhere. And Mike's like, that's how it's going to be around here. That's how it is. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't, some will stick, some will go. This is the rhythm of what Jesus is doing mm -hmm. because he's the king of it. He's, the, he's running his kingdom and going, okay, we're all here together for a while. Now you're going here. Because what he's doing is he's not just trying to get a group of employees to go do a job. He's raising up friends. And so that's why I go to Sacramento. Somebody else goes somewhere. We're all friends, you know. I get a text from Cindy Buto this week. This is crazy. I'm laying in bed and I'm trying to go to sleep. And Cindy texts me. And she's with, at a YWAM thing up in Chico with one of the worship leaders who's connected to us, who's a YWAMer in Sacramento. And he's up in Chico, and they're all meeting for some powwow, YWAM powwow in Chico this week. And she's sending me a picture of the, her, Justin, and this guy, Jeremy. And, and then we're talking a little bit. She goes, we heard about this and heard about that. We're so excited what's going on. And we miss you guys. Miss the Stillwells. Miss you guys. And I'm firing a text back to her. And, and I, I share with her about that. CD that Leslie had and the kids because Cindy happened to be one of the singers that day and I'm like Cindy this is amazing she goes I so miss the house of prayer she goes those are the most pivotal days of my life and I'm like I know and at the same time I thought but we're all still family in this thing we're all family you know and that's just powerful and I think about this thing of friendship that Jesus is raising up and that's what he's using to, to, to work in the earth. And so as I think back through all these years, it, you know, you, get, you do get nostalgic. And don't get me wrong, I certainly have so much fondness over those early days where I'm like, I call them the good old days too. But I also try to put it in perspective that if I actually put myself back in some of those years, I go, they weren't that great, <laughs> you know? But they were really great at the same time, right? Uh -huh. They were and they weren't. Mm -hmm. 
that, that's just how it is. I think the, the, the reason I call our attention to that is because if we live back there, we're thinking, oh, and the Lord's like, no, no, keep going, keep going. You'll look back at some of these days and go, those were the good old days, you know? And so as I'm, as I'm looking at those, I'm like, we're still here. Not that we're here in this room, but we're still signed up in this thing. And so as I'm hearing this thread throughout the prayer movement, really, it's just it's this theme throughout the prayer movement. And I, it's just very encouraging to my heart to think, you're so strategic, God, and intentional with how you lead. So going back to me being up there the last couple of years and thinking it was going to be different, the Lord's like, I'm very intentional with you, with you, with you. I mean, he's just intentional. Nothing's just happening. Hey, the Lord doesn't go, let's roll the dice and see what happens with all these people, you know? He's intentional in order to bring about friendship with us. That's what he's doing. That's why John the Baptist, John just describes it so well. He says, he who has the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom is the one who stands. There's so much that means so much, who stands, who's in allegiance with Jesus, in agreement with Jesus, which I'm not always in agreement with him. He says, if you want to be my friend, stand in agreement with me. I'll help you. Who hears his voice. And, and that's, when, that's when our joy is fulfilled. So I ask myself this question, and well, I'll just land it right here. It just helps me, because John the Baptist just gave us the prescription for joy being fulfilled. Am I pursuing friendship with him? Is that the highest thing? Really? And I'll say it again, the anointing that is needed is to love Jesus. Ask him for that anointing. Because then you'll love others. And you'll do ministry. But the anointing is needed is not, oh, I hope I'm anointed to speak or serve or do something. The anointing is, that is needed is to, to love him or to grow in friendship with him. Which is, I know that's what your desire is. I'm not telling you that as though you need to do that. You're doing it. Why I wanted to highlight it is it's because that's who you are to him. This week, I was on the elliptical. <laughs> the elliptical. And I get on the elliptical and I put the house of prayer on, right? Or something. I listen to somebody preach. I listen to Mike preach or something. And I'm on the elliptical, you know. Sometimes it just fires me up. I don't know what it is, you know. And I start to think about you guys. And this thought just drops in my mind. He goes, just tell them that they're my friends. Wow. And you guys already know that, but I'm just sitting there, I'm thinking about, Lord, I, okay, you want me to talk about Nehemiah? Because Amy and I have been talking about the book of Nehemiah, and it's been very important to me the last eight months. Nehemiah's been highly important to me. The Lord's highlighted some passages that have meant a lot to me about what we're doing up there, what we're all doing. And... I was just on the elliptical and he goes, no, just tell them they're my friends. That is, a, is pretty amazing. 
Like the place where Jesus can take comfort is here. <clears throat> like, was it, was it, whose house was it in the Gospels? Mary's house? Martha's house? Mm -hmm. Right? Have you ever heard somebody's talked about that? Like, you know, where before Jesus went to the cross, he went to their home, right? Yeah. Was it Mary and Martha? Yeah. And Lazarus. And Lazarus, huh? He, you know, you've heard it said he could have gone. You know, he could have gone out and maybe maybe got a conference meeting and said, "Hey, I'm going to the cross. Everybody, listen to me. Got to have an altar call before I go." You know, let me go somewhere where I can have a big offering. No, he goes to his friend's house to be comforted. I think because he was human to rest, and he's going to have these places all over. And actually, there are these places all over, mm -hmm. like us. And this is how they are right now. Like, this is how they are. We're having our harp and bowl training next week, I told you about, right? So I met with about eight or ten, how many were there? Eight Maybe potential ten. worship leaders that can do devotionals. Mm -hmm. And my thought has been, I'm going to broad, we have about an email list of about 120 people right now that we've gathered two years right not very big but enough to get the word out but the more I thought about it, I thought you know I'm not gonna make public this harp and bowl training to get a lot more worship leaders there right now I don't want a lot more worship leaders there right now I want those eight or ten that have been asking me when are you starting when are you starting so that we can be together and do the harp and bowl model together. Yeah. I can teach the Bible about it. We can work on it. Those that have done it, we can actually do it. And I can say, sing now. Stop singing so much. I mean, I'll do all that one, you know. <laughs> sing more. Sing now. Sing if you don't feel it. And help them through that process. And so that we can actually go deep together for a, a period of time. Instead of trying to build this schedule so quickly and so rapidly. Here's why. Because he wants friends. He doesn't want just ringer worship leaders who are awesome, who can come in and dazzle people with how awesome they are. That's, I'm not saying that you don't want people that sound right and sound good and can play at a skilled level, of course. But I'm feeling this jealousy as we begin up there. Because when we were here, we just went for broke, right? We were like, we came out of the gate 40 hours a week. And as soon as Dan started waking up at 3 in the morning, we added the 4 a.m. like that. I mean, him and Victor, I think Victor was with you in on, on that. Yeah, uh, uh, Jeff. And we just, we opened the gate fast. And we were at 12 hours within six, 12 hours a day within six months. But again, that's what the Lord was doing. So I'm like, Lord, I want to just raise up friends. I want to help you raise up friends. I want to be your friend, mm -hmm. you know? And I see him doing that right now. And here's how I know that you guys, we are friends here in the East Bay. Because when we started, we're like, Lord, we're going night and day. And all of you were here and we went around the clock. I was looking at a, some, I was looking at some document that I printed up. Um, 
I don't know what it was. It was year three or year four we were all going, and I was writing down that we started with 40 hours a week, and now we're doing 24 hours a day, five days a week. And we did it with an internship in the evening, which I think, Clara, you did that. Did you do an evening internship with us? You were around before, but we had the day and we had the night watch going. And then we thought, how can we round this thing out? Let's do an evening internship. We called it Abide. <laughs> we called it Abide because I got this verse that said, they, in the evening... They abided with the Lord in the evening. I'm like, that's it. That's the internship name, abide, because in the evening, you know, it's not night watch, it's not daytime, it's evening. Okay, so I'm like, call it abide. It's so funny how you just get these names for everything instead of just calling it, hey, you want to go to an internship and pray? Yeah, okay. But, and so going through all this journey, I, I look back and I've had a lot of conversations with the Lord about this and and I go, what? All kinds of conversations. Like, how come we're not 24-5 anymore? Why? Don't you want that? I believe you want that. Mm -hmm. And it's more now I approach it like, you know, 14 years in. It's like, I'm going to have that. It doesn't matter if you have 10 hours, 15, 2, 20, 30. I mean, this is still the most aggressive prayer meeting in the Bay Area, what's happening in here every day. Don't forget that. Now, I'm not telling you that so you can you know, be boastful, because you won't be, but I want to give you context. This prayer meeting that goes on in here every day is the most aggressive prayer meeting still in the Bay Area. You say, how do you know that? Are you doing a study? No, I just know. <laughs> Think about that. Who's praying more than this house? No one. Unless you know of a place that is. I don't know of a place that's doing corporate prayer, people in a room together for 30 hours a week. I know there's some churches praying, but not 30 hours a week. Churches praying for two, maybe five. Prayer meeting every day, maybe, for an hour. I'm not saying that to be to, so we can boast in that, but what the Lord's established. 